today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Tent cities and campus, uh, because of COVID, uh, are springing up all over the place. And uh, we've talked about uh, how it's impacting here in Hamilton and in London, uh, where it's becoming an ongoing problem. And uh, both city councils are trying to do something about this. Uh, Hamilton City Council met yesterday morning, and uh, this issue was on the docket. It was on the agenda, uh, especially the, the legal action that the city seems to want to pursue here uh, to try to get these things out of the downtown area. Uh, Councilor Brad Clark, though, has some reservations about going down that legal road. This is what he had to say. We might get a decision that we don't like. Um, so it is better to try to come up with some form of alternate dispute resolution uh, with the applicants than leave all of the authority with the judge who, in the end, could rule against the city. Uh Interesting perspective on that. I want to bring uh, our, our good friend Lisa Nussie back into this. Lisa, of course, is with Keeping Six Hamilton Harm Reduction Action Team, uh, who are very concerned and very vocal about what's going on here in the community and the impact it's going to have, uh, not just on the people that are residing in those uh, encampments right now, but, of course, the greater community as well. Uh, Lisa, thanks for coming back on. Appreciate your time today. Oh, my goodness. Thank you for having me back on again this morning. I'm so grateful for the chance to talk to some of the things that were raised yesterday in that GIC meeting. Exactly my point. I mean, you know, we talked 24 hours ago. Council has dealt with this right now. I'm, I'm not so sure that they've moved uh, from their entrenched position right now that this is a legal issue, um, and that that's bothersome. Yeah, I mean, we were. I, I appreciate that you played that clip from Brad Clark, which has actually been our position as well. You know, when he, when he said that the injunction process is a blunt instrument, that's exactly what we've been saying as well. And we could really feel the need to sit down and talk to people yesterday in, in watching that in watching that meeting and just how much um, misinformation and misunderstandings there are about our positions, you know, ranging from a number of things that we are, want to keep people in tents, that we have declared that the shelter system is broken, um, you know, that we chose the injunction over talking to the city. All of those things are, are just actually untrue, and we would really appreciate the opportunity to talk to the councillors about our position and and the the ideas that we have for how this issue might be resolved in the short term. Did you get the sense, though, and, and I'm on, like I say, I'm, I'm just going by some of the comments that some of the councillors made, uh, that they, they they seem to be passing the buck, kind of trying to kick this issue down the road. I mean, I, I know that, that, that Mayor Eisenberger uh, did mention that he had a conversation with uh, Premier Ford about this the other day when the Premier was in town. Uh, and asked for money to, to to try to rectify this problem, which is a good idea. Anytime you can get you know the kind of financial aid that that Mayor Eisenberger is talking about, but uh, that's not going to happen for a while if it happens at all, and that doesn't really address the problem that's with us right now. Right, and I, I you know maybe you're speaking to to Councillor Collins's comment that we're sort of barking up the wrong tree, and I would say that we have recognized in in many of our public statements that. This is a, like it breaks the bounds of municipal jurisdiction and municipal capacity, quite frankly. I mean, it's a national crisis, this issue of, of homelessness and housing and affordable housing. However, I would take issue with his suggestion that we're barking up the wrong tree because our issue is about people being moved from encampments. And that is a municipal issue. It's about, they've, they've said repeatedly that they have no choice but to enforce the bylaws, and the bylaws are municipal jurisdiction, so that's why we're talking to the city about this particular issue. We've also spoken to the health sector, we've also spoken to the leads of the Hamilton Health team to try and mobilize different dollars, health dollars, t- towards this problem. So we haven't just 
you know, blindly barked up the wrong tree and blaming the city for every single thing. We've really engaged in this issue and tried to come up with solutions and tried to work with anyone and everyone who will work with us. Well, and we're because, on record. Yeah, I, I, which is why I wanted you to come back on and talk about this, because I want to make sure that people are clear uh, about your approach and what's happening here. And, and I'm not going to wag my finger at city councilors either. I mean, there's no easy solution to this, and it's going to be a difficult decision. We Absolutely, understand that. there's no easy solution. And I know they went in camera behind closed doors to get some legal opinions about this. And, uh, and Paul Johnson, who we talked about yesterday, of course, uh, was was quoted extensively in some of the media coverage on this. But uh, the admission I heard from from the staff was that, look at. Uh, they've been trying ever since this whole thing started. They've been trying to to find accommodation for some of these people, and it's not going well. Uh, first of all, the, the, there's not a whole lot to choose from. And secondly, not everybody wants to do that for a variety of reasons. You know, we're talking about, as you mentioned yesterday, health and mental health issues involved in this, uh, and, and there's no, you know, quick solution. This is not a black-and-white issue. Definitely. I mean, I mean, it's just the, the numbers of barriers that people face in accessing housing when it's, you know, been pushed to the extent that you're sleeping on the street are, you know, so numerous. And and the barriers are not only for the people living on the street, they're for the workers who are trying to do the work of helping people access housing. It's difficult to find people. You lose people to follow up. You need to get people into clinics to get ID, but the clinics are closed because of COVID. You know, like it's one thing after another. And, and, and it is a very complicated process, and we have never not acknowledged that. Um, and it does just, it, it's a, it takes time. It is a giant problem. It crosses many jurisdictions, and people need to come together. You know, one of the things I think that would be really helpful, though, is just sort of an honest reckoning with that problem. You know, people come, say to me, well, what is it that you want? You know, and I think that would be a really good first start, is a real honest reckoning with the problem. The problem is not that we have handed out tents that if people didn't have tents, then they wouldn't be out there. In fact, they are out there, and they have been out there. And if you speak to housing workers, you speak to outreach workers, they will say, we have been working with people in these conditions for decades. And now we're just seeing more and more of it. And the tents do make it more visible, there's no question. The injunction makes gives people the stability to stay in one place, which means they're not moved on from one place to another, and so that people are more visible. There's no question. The question is, is, do we take issue with the visibility of the problem or the problem itself? And we have tried to take issue with the problem and try to come up with solutions with anyone and everyone who will listen to us and speak with us. And we continue to just ask to speak to people. Well, as one listener reminded me yesterday after you and I spoke on the program, uh, uh, this was the city's idea uh, to locate them where, where they did there at First Ontario Centre. Uh, you know, there might have been other options, and I'm sure there were other discussions about where they might have been able to situate. But this is not a new uh, a scenario. Uh, you know, after the last pandemic, which occurred back in 1917, 1918, uh, there were shanty towns that were set up. During the Great Depression, there were shanty towns that happened in, in cities right across North America uh, because people found themselves in, in dire financial financial circumstances and, and other you know challenges and it happened it doesn't mean it's the right thing to do but it does happen in situations mm-hmm. like that and and i guess probably we should have expected something like this when once we understood i think the gravity of the covid 19 crisis and the impact it was having on everybody mm-hmm. i think it's an interesting point that you raised that the you know the city did great work in opening up the first ontario center so that people could have uh, there was decreased capacity in in the other shelters in order for people to 
spread out and reduce the likelihood of the transmission of COVID. And it must be said that the shelter system and the city in cooperation with a number of different people have done a really good job of not, there has been no very few COVID outbreaks in, in the shelter system and none of them widespread. And that's an important victory for sure. And the, you're, I, I agree, Bill, that one of the reasons that the encampments have popped up where they have is because that is where people have access to services. So uh, on Ferguson Street, people have access to very basic necessities like toilets and showers and food. And the same is true of the First Ontario Centre, which is uh, an encampment, which is between two shelters, essentially, where people can access food and washrooms and showers. And, and, and that's really what the congregation has become about. It's about access to services that are, even though we're reopening in, every, in many ways, um, people are, there's just not the same access as there was even pre-pandemic to some of those really basic needs. And there's a lot of people talking about public urination and public defecation. Well, people have to do that. They have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> you know, it's a very basic fact. And so people are being responsible in some senses in, in congregating around places where they can do that. And we've seen this before. I mean, you know, the- <laughs> They they congregate where those services are going to be and where there are people that they can you know talk to and socialize mm-hmm. with. I mean, we, we don't. On, on, we saw this on Ferguson Avenue at Barton for years, of course, because there was a a, a a facility right down there at the at that corner where you know people could go to to get help, and there was affordable housing. You see it in front of the Good Shepherd Center on Mary Street downtown mm-hmm. as well. It happens. Uh, those people didn't just pop up because of COVID. They've been there for the longest time. Uh, they're 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 in a centralized location right now. Uh, but you're right. Uh, an injunction right now may, if in fact the judge rules in that favor, and I think uh, Councillor Clark was rather skeptical of that was going to happen. But even if it did, uh, that doesn't make the problem go away. It just means you're going to go someplace else. Yeah, and you know, one of the one of the fears that we have is if if you know, I, I, we we remain hopeful that that we'll be able to work out a negotiated settlement that doesn't feel off the table to us yet. Um, Almost maybe till we're in court, we won't. We're going to hold out hope. But um, um, sorry, my my little one has just walked in. Um, uh, what was I saying, Bill? Oh, you're uh, concerned about the having problem to go doesn't to court. go away. Yeah, and and so so if the injunction is overturned and the city does win the right to dismantle encampments, it's just it's difficult to understand what exactly that will look like at this point right what what will that process look like it's going to be it's going to be very difficult for people be difficult for staff to take down 50 or 60 tents or however many tents are on ferguson street at the moment so you know i what i'm hopeful for is if the injunction is overturned that the city the city staff and the agency workers will continue to engage as they are, continue to try to work to get people into alternative options as they continue to do day in and day out. We know, we talk to them, we see them. They're working really hard to work to solve this problem. Well, uh, the earliest possible court date, we're told, is sometime in October, and here's hoping that there's some, going to be some sort of a negotiated settlement uh, and, and solution to this uh, long before then. Lisa, let's stay in touch. Thanks so much again for the time today. Uh, thanks again for having us back today. Really appreciate it. Take care. Lisa Nussie, of course, from Keeping Six, the Hamilton Harm Reduction Action Team. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.